We're now going to hear God speak to us in his word, the Bible. So turn with me to Luke chapter 18, verses 18 to 30. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honour your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, we've left all we had to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, to come eternal life. This is God's word. Good morning, everyone. If I haven't met you, my name is Nick. I'm one of the ministers here at Christchurch Mayfair. Let's pray um, as we dive into God's word. Um, our Father in heaven, we ask that uh, this morning you'd uh, open our eyes to see that you and your kingdom are infinitely more desirable, infinitely more valuable than anything in this world. Amen. Um, one of the most popular shows at the moment on uh, Netflix is the documentary called The, the Great College Admissions Scandal. Has anyone here seen it? Um, it's, it's, very, it's very flashy. It's quite exciting. Really, the story is pretty simple. Basically, there's a shady bloke in America uh, who set up this, uh, this system um, that enabled kids that couldn't normally get into college, rich kids, to get in through a side door. He was a college admissions advisor. Um, translation, he basically bribed sports coaches to let kids that had never really played sport in kind of through, 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 through the back door. Um, and one of the ways he did that was literally by photoshopping. So taking photos of faces of kids who clearly never played sport and literally just pasting them onto pictures of people playing water polo and rising out of the water to their torsos and that sort of thing. But he made millions. He made millions when he was eventually caught. Something like 50 people were indicted just by paying people who had just gained access into a completely, uh, into a college and the, and the lifestyle that, that that then afforded them. Now, we, we know, don't we, that in the world that we live in, money does that. Money opens doors. It opens doors to uh, different opportunities, to different lifestyles. It's not just the super rich kind of exploiting the system, but just in everyday life. Money opens doors, doesn't it? Doors to better holidays. Um, doors to bigger houses that we might want to live in. Doors to different opportunities maybe for our kids, or those of us that have them. That is how the world works. Money opens doors. Now, for most of us here today, it, it, it's going to be no surprise that entry to God's kingdom 
just doesn't work like that. This whole section of Luke, like Matt said, it's all about how do I get into God's kingdom, the most valuable thing we could ever get access to. Um, and here in this story today, we have a rich, privileged man, uh, and he learns that he cannot earn his way into God's kingdom. That'll be familiar to most of us here. But actually, that is, that is not all that Jesus says here. Jesus actually goes a bit further than that. I wonder, as, as we read it through, did you notice some of the odd things that Jesus says? So like verse, uh, verse 22, sell everything you have and give to the poor. Everything. Really? Why? <laughs> everything? Or, or, or verse uh, 23. Or 24, I mean, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. It's not just that money can't get you in. Jesus seems to be saying here, money will actively make it harder for you to get into God's kingdom. How's that fair? I mean, what is that meant to do to our attitude to money? I mean, most of us here will have bank accounts that are accumulating, right? Verse 24 is true. Then that could be making it harder for you and people in your family to enter the kingdom of God. Wow. Wow. So whether you're a Christian or not here today, I think this, this passage is going to be asking us some pretty searching questions about what do you value most? What do you value about the value that we put on earthly riches and the value that we put on entering God's kingdom. Three things, basically, we're going to see this morning. Three things. It is hard for rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's possible with God, and it's worth giving up anything for. So our first point, then, is, is that it's hard for rich people. This is going to be the longest point by quite a long way. No one is good but God alone. When you think about, think about entry into God's kingdom, just be careful about who you put in the category of good. If no one is good but God alone, and I am not God, then what does that mean? <laughs> Jesus wants him to, immediately he's kind of, whoa, this guy must have been thinking, hang on, I need to think here. And then Jesus moves on to, to, to answer his question more, more directly. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 20, you know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I've kept since I was a boy, he said. So Jesus, he quotes a bunch of commands and this bloke says, yep, tick, done those. But just pause there for a second. Look at that list of commands. What do you notice about that list of commands? How many are there there? Five, right? Famously, how many are there in the, the, the famous list from the Old Testament? Ten. So immediately, for the audience, they'd be thinking, okay, what about these other, what about these other commands? And have, have a look at the ones that, in fact, maybe could, these ones could come up on the screen. These are the ones uh, that Jesus um, mentions. What do you notice about them and what they're about? Do you see, yeah, they're all to do with external behavior, all to do with other people. And the ones that are to do with our attitude to God, Jesus doesn't mention here. He's going to draw that out in a different way. Could we have the next slide? 
you shall have no other gods before me, the first and greatest command. And then the last one, you shall not covet. Jesus leaves those out. Not obvious to us, but to the audience at the time, they'd all have been thinking, oh, okay, what about those commands? Jesus is going to draw those commands out and how this man is doing in relation to those in a different way. It's interesting, Jesus, he, 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 he looks into this guy's heart and he observes that there's an obstacle there. There's a barrier for this man in his heart between uh, him and accepting God, entry into um, the kingdom of God. And, and he shines a light on that barrier in verse 22. So look at verse 22 with me. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Notice Jesus doesn't say here, um, all people have to sell all of their possessions. He's like a doctor. He's diagnosing the disease that he sees in front of him. And he says the thing that is, is, is going to shine the most light on this man's heart, that's going to reveal what's going on in this guy's heart. And the other thing that, that, that I thought was really interesting, do you notice towards the end of verse 22, Jesus does offer him treasure. You see that? This is a guy who's obsessed with riches. And Jesus says, okay, you want, you want treasure? Yeah, yeah, I can give you treasure. I can give you treasure that's way beyond the treasure that you've got here in this life, treasure that lasts, treasure that truly satisfies that longing in your heart. But it's not treasure now. Now in this life, to follow Jesus, we're called to give our riches away in order to love and lay down our lives in order to love and bless the people around us. We're called to follow Jesus' example in that. And this guy can't do it. Have a look down at verse 23. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. And why, why is he sad there? That, that there's some tension going on in his heart. At some level, he knows that the riches that he has, the influence that he has, he wants more than that. He wants the kingdom of God. At some level, he wants Jesus. He wants eternal life. But he can't let go. When he's offered that, he can't let go of earthly riches to gain all of that. In a sense, he's, 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 um, he's not free. He's not free. His, his desire for these riches is, is, is controlling him. It's enslaving him. And that's the hidden danger, isn't it, of earthly riches? Because uh, what do earthly riches do? They promise us freedoms, and they give us great freedoms, don't they? Like we said, freedom to go on holiday wherever we want, or live wherever we want, or, or have different opportunities. They do give us genuine freedoms. But as they distract us with those freedoms, earthly riches can take control at a much deeper level. They can rob you of freedom at a much deeper level. Like for this guy, he is enslaved to having those riches. He can't give them away. He's not free. I remember once having a, a conversation with a friend about his career, and I asked him, okay, what do you want from your career on the big scale? What do you want? And I remember he said, well, it's not all about money for me. What I really want from career is to be able to help people. But he said, um, in order to get to a position where I'm free enough to help people, I need to make loads of money first. So for now, I'm just going to make loads of money, and then maybe one day I'll be able to help people. I remember saying to him, look, 
Do you really think that's ever going to happen? Do you really think you're going to get to the point where you feel free enough to start helping others? And he said, or do you think you're just going to be enslaved and want to keep making money? And he said, yeah, I'll probably just be enslaved and want to keep making money. And 10 years later, he's no closer to spending his career to help other people. He's bound in, in a sense, a slave to the kind of financial patterns that we have. The, the, the freedoms that riches promise us and the pleasures that they provide here and now, they draw atten our attention away from God and away from what truly matters in life, entry into God's kingdom. How, how do I know if I'm in danger of that? How do I know if I'm in danger of that in my own heart? Well, one quick question. Do you spend more time thinking about your bank account and your bank balance than you do thinking about God's kingdom? So maybe, maybe, maybe that might be an indication that what you're valuing is, is, is not what Jesus would have us value. So that's the first reason that, that the riches make it hard um, uh, to, to enter the kingdom of God, because they are enslaving. They drag your attention away from God. There's another reason, though, here that I think this guy faces, and I, I think we'll notice it. If we just compare verse 17, the end of last week, with verse 18, okay? Notice the difference here. So verse 17, the end of last week, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Verse 18, a certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do, what must I do to inherit eternal life? See the difference there? Jesus has just said, you have to receive this. This bloke comes along immediately and says, how can I achieve this? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And this is something that cannot be achieved. It is, it is impossible to get into heaven that way. And I think Jesus makes that really clear. Verse 24 and 25, Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Um, ridiculous image, uh, a camel going through the eye of a needle. Could we have that picture of a camel up? Um, so a camel, roughly 1.8 meters high, um, a thousand tons on average a camel weighs, going through the eye of a needle. Just imagine the confidence that you would have to have to think you could do that. To look at the eye of a needle and look at a camel and think, yeah, I've got this. I can do that. That's something I can achieve. That is impossible without a blender and a power hose. And even if you did manage it then, that camel is not going to emerge the other side happy to be in the kingdom of God. This is... It's impossible. You cannot achieve this, Jesus is saying. It is not something that you can do. But the danger of riches is they make us think that we can earn. They open doors to all sorts of other things. It makes us think that we can earn it. We can do something to get into this kingdom. So... Um, Riches make it harder to enter the kingdom of God just for those two reasons, because money's enslaving um, and because it can blind us to our deeper need, just how badly we need to be forgiven. I wonder, is that how you think of money? When you think of money, when you think of your bank accounts, does this feature? So it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Second point, much more briefly, it is possible with 
gods. See, what Jesus is saying here is massively shocking, and it shocked the disciples. So if you look down at verse 26, those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Um, in, in those days, riches was believed to be a sign of God's blessing. If this bloke can't be saved, who can? And Jesus very clearly says, verse 27, this wonderful truth, what is impossible with man is possible with God. If you or I are to be saved, it takes an act um, of God on our behalf. He is able to do that. We're actually going to see, in a couple of weeks, we're going to see the story of Zacchaeus. He's another man who's utterly enslaved to riches. And we're going to see he meets Jesus and he's completely liberated. He ends up giving away pretty much all that he has. It is possible. It is genuinely possible um, for that kind of control that money has. To go. It is possible to be saved with God. Now, what do we do with that? What do we do with that? Well, if, it, if it's only possible if God does it, then we need to ask him if we want it done. We need to ask. It's a bit like if there's a door that only opens from the inside and you're outside, which you, you don't have the power to open it. You have to ask the person inside to open it. So very simply, we need to ask. I need to ask for myself. If you're here this morning or you're tuning in and you know that you have never turned and trusted in Jesus, you've never entered God's kingdom, then you need to ask him to do that for you. If you want to know more about that, I'd love to help. Do, do get in touch with me. I'd love to help you think that through. Secondarily, though, I suppose for those of us here, many of us would have already done that. We have already asked him. Um, what does this mean for us? Well, I suppose we also need to ask if we want to see other people enter God's kingdom. I don't know about you. I've got loads of friends who just have no interest in the Christian faith. I, can't, I don't have the power <laughs> to change their hearts. It's impossible for me. But it is possible with God. If we want to see our friends come to faith, then simply we need to ask. It is literally the most effective thing you can do if you want to share your faith, is ask. ask. So ask for ourselves, ask for other people, because it is, it is possible with God. Thirdly then, thirdly then, it's worth giving up anything for. Have a look down at verse 28 with me. Peter said to him, we've left all we had to follow you. Um, Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who's left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. You've got to love Peter. He just has no filter. He just blurts out whatever he's thinking. And here he kind of blurts out again, but Jesus, we've left, we left all we had to follow you. And I think it's important that we understand him here. Um, I don't think Peter's disagreeing with Jesus. Jesus has just said, this is only possible with God. I don't think Peter's saying, no, it's not. We did it. I don't think that's what he's getting at. If you, if you go back to chapter 5, um, when, when Peter first starts following Jesus, um, and you read the account there, it's, it's quite clear. Peter receives it like, like, like a child, like verse 17. Jesus comes along and says, follow me. And they basically say, okay. And they get up and they follow him. He receives it like a child. But as they do that, as they receive it, they do leave behind a whole life and a whole lifestyle. They literally leave their dad in the boat. And, and what Jesus is saying here reminds Peter of that. So he blurts out, we, we, we left or we had to follow you. And Jesus says, yeah, 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 I, I know. And it's completely worth it. 
It's completely worth it. Look down at verse um, 29 with me again. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who's left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. God never asks us to give up something without making up for it in other ways. God is no man's debtor. God's aim is not to make our lives miserable um, here in this world. When he calls us to make sacrifices here and now, we and sometimes they can really hurt, he always makes up for it in other ways, here and now, as well as obviously in eternity um, when we die. And interestingly, the, the, the focus here is not on riches. Do you notice that in verse 29? The focus here is on relationships within the church family. So amongst, amongst all the other kind of blessings, spiritual blessings that we do receive here in this life, our experience of community in the church is one of the things um, that makes it worth leaving any other lifestyle for here and now to follow Jesus. Just a current example of kind of um, the blessing of being involved in a, in a, in a church community. Um, as many of us know, a couple in our church family recently have undergone a huge and horrendous trauma. Um, and in the midst of, the, of, of that traumatic time, another lady from church has taken them into her home, welcomed them in to, to live with her, to care for them. Each day they receive food um, delivered to the doorstep, cooked by other members of the church family. Now, not, not perfect, but a genuine experience of love and community and family. It's not just local, it is also global. I've, I'm, I'm, I myself have, um, I've had a couple of times where I've been, um, I've not traveled much, but a couple of times where I have been in other parts of the world, Uganda and Australia, and I've literally been welcomed into the, the homes of people who've never met me before, who don't know me, but because I'm a Christian, they've welcomed me into their houses and treated me like a member of their family. And it's amazing. It's amazing to be part of a, a family like that, a global family like that because of Jesus. And the big thing Jesus is saying here is, 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 is a big, big deal. That whatever it costs, that whatever we need to give up to follow him, it is, it is worth it. And that's, that's huge given what some people give up. I remember speaking to a Muslim man once at a barbecue um, who had, when he turned to follow Jesus, his family hadn't just renounced him, they'd actually put a hit out on him. Um, and so he could never see or speak to any of his family again because they were trying to have him killed. And you ask someone like that, is it, you know, is it easy to make a sacrifice like that to follow Jesus? No, it's not easy. You ask, if you need to ask him, is it worth it? You say, absolutely. Absolutely. But what he gains from following Jesus is so, it's worth so much more than any relationships, any riches that this world has to offer. It is always worth it. So for those of us here um, who have made or maybe currently are making sacrifices to follow Jesus, I hope that's an encouragement to you. It is worth it. It is worth it. For anybody who's weighing up whether or not to follow Jesus, and that would be costly to them personally, I hope that puts some steel in your spine. It, it will be worth it. It is, it is always worth it. It's worth leaving anything for 
So it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom. It's possible with God. It's worth any sacrifice. So just two, two thoughts then. What is, how does this apply to us? What does this mean for us? Well, firstly, don't let anything stop you from entering the kingdom. Don't turn your back on Jesus and walk away from him like this man does. Don't let anything here and now stop you from receiving the eternal kingdom. But secondly, and maybe this is, might be relevant for more of us. Um, secondly, just beware of earthly riches. I mean, we know in, 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 in the Bible, money isn't evil in itself. There are many rich Christians in the Bible. But it, look at verse 24. If verse 24 is true, that has got to affect the way we feel about money, hasn't it? And first of all, we don't need to envy rich people and their money. There are many thousands out there who are constantly longing for money, thinking about money, plotting how to get it, making it their God. And the whole time it's the very thing that keeps them from turning and entering the kingdom that truly matters. So don't, don't, don't envy riches. Beware. Beware of earthly riches. But also, can I just say, beware of earthly riches when it comes to what we want for our kids what we want for the children in the church family. If verse 20, we all want to bless our kids, of course we do. But if verse 24 is true, then do we see that giving our kids earthly riches will not help them enter the kingdom of heaven and it might make it harder for them? Ouch. (laughs) As a parent, I find that hard to think about. But uh, this week, the the image that came to my mind was it's a bit like giving them a box of matches. You you give your child a box of matches. Yes, they they could learn to use that in ways that are massively going to enrich them. They could learn to use that in ways that are going to damage them. So what do you do when you give a child a, a box of matches? You have to model to them the right attitude. Do our kids see in us, and in, and in just all the adults here in the church family, do they see in us an attitude which turns from earthly riches, that gives money away in order to pursue the kingdom, in order to pursue Jesus? Or do they see in us an attitude which ignores the kingdom of God to chase after earthly riches now? Beware, I think. Beware of earthly riches. Verse 24, that's got to change our attitude to how we feel about money. Entering God's kingdom, it's difficult for rich people, it's possible with God, it's worth giving up anything for. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and we praise you that everything is possible for you. We thank you and we praise you that our salvation is not a matter of our own achievement. It's something that you have to grant to us. And therefore, Lord, it is something that we can be truly confident about if we put our trust in you. Lord, I ask that you would help us to see riches rightly. I ask that this week and the weeks to come, you would help us to pursue your kingdom above all else. Amen.